If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes that fit and last self-sewn. Hello everyone and welcome to the Self-Sewn Wardrobe live broadcast and podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Donahue. And uh, if you are listening to this via podcast, then it's great to have you. But if you want to see our live videos, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash self wardrobe and you will uh, see the videos tab. Or if you're on mobile, you can go and uh, you can search the hashtag SSW Live to get to the videos. Hi, Bethany. She says she's the first post. And Riley and Tracy, good morning to you all. Glad to see you. And <clears throat> I hope Lonnie is watching because she like baited me into this topic this morning. Hello, Glenda. Uh, hi, Molly. <laughs> Molly says she's here and not at work. Oh, hello, Kathy. Um, Kathy says this is her first live broadcast, so I'm glad to have you. Um, just to preface this broadcast, which I know more people will join in, so if anybody thinks I'm being mean, if we're too nice to you, then you know that we don't like you, and if we're a little mean to you, then you know that we do, just so you know, okay? So I'm going to give some sewing advice that I feel very strongly about, uh, and and I'm not going to be super nice about it, okay? Uh, so... <laughs> I today we're going to talk about why or how or should you trace out your patterns when you are when you have a pattern that's a multi-size pattern should you just cut out your size or should you trace it hi to Kim and Mary and Melinda uh, also I want to mention for those of you in the live broadcast I know a lot of you in the group have already ordered feel free to compliment me pins uh, but as we were preparing the sew here box we uh, we, we found some really cool paper to put the exclusive enamel pin on and we put the feel free to compliment me pins on them. And, uh, anyway, I just, I wanted to show you if you do order a feel free to compliment me pin from this day forward, it comes on a really cool piece of paper. Uh, Riley says, am I going to dip our pig, pig am I going to dip your pigtails in ink afterwards? Maybe. A lot of sewing advice is given in a very, like, like nice way, you know, people are like, oh, well, this is a tip to make... Uh, something easier for you. Isn't that great? And I'm going to say, this is a tip that you should highly consider following all the time. D just, just consider it. Now, of course, I mean, if you like to do th things your own way, it's not like you're going to be, you know, banned from the group or something. Oh, I did ban someone from the group recently, but it wasn't because they didn't trace their sewing patterns. It was a different reason, okay? Uh, oh, good morning, Melinda. She chimed in. Okay, so... Here's the deal. When you have a PDF pattern or a pattern that you purchase like on a whole, you know, sheet of paper, uh, it can be a multi-size pattern. Oh, good morning to Lenny and to Lonnie. All right, Lonnie, you're here. Good. I mentioned you earlier. <laughs> Hi, Callie. Okay. So when you have a multi-size pattern, like behind me, I actually, because I'm always dig in closet case files. I've got her ginger jeans pattern and her Kelly Anorak pattern uh, hanging up behind me. I'm going to get them down here in a second. But there will be uh, oftentimes multiple sizes on one 
sheet of paper either that you've printed out taped together or that you've like gotten printed at a copy shop or that you have uh just taken out of an envelope because you bought a paper pattern some people really don't like taping things together good morning to denise and julian so you have uh you have your multi-size pattern it doesn't always work this way, but sometimes those pattern pieces are nested in such a way that they're meant for you to trace them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm having a little bit of like springtime allergies on February 20th because it is like 70 degrees here. So if I have a little bit of a cough, I apologize that I'm going to drink water throughout. So anyway, uh, sometimes our patterns are actually nested so that we can trace multiple sizes, blend multiple sizes together, grade them, whatever. It's meant to be that way. So let me get the ginger jeans uh, uh, pattern down here real quick. I'm in a mirror image. I always get confused. <laughs> oh, I hope my butt looked good for everybody because I didn't really plan on showing it. Good thing I'm wearing pants. Okay, so here is the ginger jeans. Uh, this is the back leg pattern piece. Uh, this is this is um, a really great example of something that you might grade. Okay, a lot of we've had a lot of ginger jeans discussion about sizing in this group. A lot of people want to go to a bigger size than they should in the ginger jeans. It seems uh, a trend and actually Heather has mentioned that. Okay. Uh, so they they really um a lot of people i feel like the first time they've make, made them if they haven't spoken to someone who's made them before or if they haven't read all the sew alongs i've seen a lot of people make too big of a size it's happened a lot okay oh people are asking if the shirt i'm wearing is an easy tee yes yes it is uh made out of some rayon chalet from la finch fabrics Okay, so um, if you have your, your pattern here and you're a different size at the waist versus the hips and according to the sizing chart, blah, 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 you know, and you can talk to me or you can, you know, go on other forums and discuss with people, you know, I'm, I'm happy to kind of do that little bit of troubleshooting with you all. You oftentimes will need to grade from one size to another. This is the reason that we sew our own clothes. Is it not? Okay. Isn't this the reason that we uh, are, that we're sewing so that we can make garments that actually fit us in the different places on our body that might not conform to ready to wear or that might not conform even to uh, standard measurements used by pattern makers? So imagine, if you will, that you uh, decided that you were a 10 at the waist and a 12 at the hip, okay? And you're like, great, I'm going to grade my pattern. I'm going to use maybe like a dressmaker's curve or something. And then you just cut it all out. And then you baste your jeans together like Heather recommends, like I recommend, like I've shown you in the live broadcast, and they don't fit. Well, you, you know, and you needed to be a 14 at the hip instead of a 12. Well, you can't go back, okay? <laughs> and, and and get that 14 unless you're going to like piece the pattern back together, da 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 da, da. So this is where the tracing paper comes in and what it can do is preserve your pattern for future use. And I had uh, a, an experience with this because my first pair of ginger jeans that I made was a size 10 and I uh, later um, 
I later needed to make a size eight. And so I still have the pattern, okay? Now, I also teach, right? I, I teach people in the store. And everyone who's made ginger jeans at the store has had to purchase the pattern, of course, because that's how copyright works and whatnot. But we have often used my pattern here at the store if people haven't brought theirs. So I'm going to turn this tracing paper around. Um, a lot of people have talked about what the best, you know, the quote, best type of uh, tracing paper is, you know. And I'll talk to you about what... Um, what my favorite is, but honestly, that's not the main thing, okay? Uh, that's that's not my, my main concern here. Whatever type of tracing paper you want to use, great. The point is to preserve the pattern, and so what I do is I lay my tracing paper out over my pattern. Now, Tony, she posted that she, like, put her stuff on a glass table and um, used her phone underneath it for, like, a light box, you know? Um... Depending on the type of pattern that you have, you may or may not want to do that. Or I found even just working on like a white table can help. Now this is on printer paper, so it's coming through the tracing paper just fine. And then I use one of these big chunky mechanical pencils, and you can find these on our website, or you can find them. Uh, you know, you you can find them in an office supply store. They're a really big pencil, okay, and. I just trace and I transfer all my markings, et cetera, et cetera. And then I always have my master pattern all the time. Now, Lonnie posted, I know, I know that Lonnie posted just to get under my skin. I'm aware um, that <laughs> she was tracing out a, uh, that she was tracing out a pattern and she knew she wasn't going to ever use, like, one of the views. Or she said, there are some options on here that I'm never going to use, so I'm just cutting it out, you know. Okay, I believe you that you might know yourself well enough that you never want to, you know, uh, you, you never want to use a certain part of the pattern, okay? I understand. I will trust you on that. But just keep it in mind that you might want this original pattern somewhere. And what are we always wanting to, you know, do while we're sewing? We're always wanting to save time, okay? Um, so I know that tracing can see, it can seem a little counterintuitive that your tracing would save you time versus just cutting out. But, okay, so what if you do it wrong? What if you cut out the wrong thing? Okay, then you have to retape it together. Okay. ZD just said that um, a lot of people will show using a permanent marker for tracing. We recommend pencil. Well, we recommend pencil for obvious reasons because you can erase it, okay? Um, you can uh, blend better with a pencil if you've – maybe you're doing some pretty extreme grading with that dressmaker's curve, which is one thing I didn't bring over here with me um, that I meant to this morning when I was – uh, getting all my props together for the broadcast was the dressmaker's curve. So with a pencil, you can make a few lines, you can erase. Um, if you've made a mistake, you can erase it. And then ZD just said, it doesn't bleed through the tracing paper. And then I had a, somebody suggest, and this isn't something that I really would, would suggest, said they lay like tracing paper under the pattern and then trace over it with permanent marker. And then that will like bleed through onto the tracing paper. But I really... What I'm trying to do here is preserve my pattern in its original form, okay? So if you have 
you know, your pencil on here. Now, uh, Diane, or I'm sorry, not Diane. Denise just said she has trouble seeing the pencil. That's why we like these big, chunky pencils, these gigantic pencils. They make a very bold line. A lot of you have them. Um, and Karen says she loves those big those big pencils, okay? So that's why we like the big pencils, okay? You can, and like mom said, you can go over your pencil marks later. You can, then after you're finished, you can get your tracing paper off. And if you want to mark in permanent marker, great. But you want to preserve your original pattern. Now, there are some things that I will cut out of a PDF pattern occasionally. Now, the way this Ginger Jeans pattern is formatted, it's only two pieces of paper wide and pretty long. And then, so that's fine, you know? Uh, but like the anorak pattern um there were a few pattern pieces on it that were literally rectangles okay they were rectangles and the large was the biggest rectangle and the small is the smallest rectangle and i did i cut that out and then i just folded over to use what i needed okay but uh someone just commented and said that when they are um when they are tracing their pattern, it gives them a chance to get familiar with the pattern before they go and sew it. This is absolutely correct, and I've mentioned this a few times, but the length and shorten line on the ginger jeans pattern is the same. It, there, it lines up with a like a notch on the pattern, and this caused a few people some problems when they were making their garment. They missed the notch, okay, because it was on that same line. So I got to tell them that while they were tracing. And I just, I can't, I just can't imagine cutting out and thinking that I knew for sure that it was going to fit me this time, okay? That I, because we're always talking about making muslins or twalls or whatever you want to call them, right? Test garments. We're always talking about doing that. Well, if you want to go back and transfer your markings or you want to, you know, it makes it difficult when you've cut out the pattern to then like do any measurements of the actual pattern, right? Uh, Jackie and I were working with her ginger jeans and we were kind of figuring out how to grade the pattern for her. And we measured the pattern a few times. Now, if we'd cut out this pattern, we wouldn't be able to do that, in, you know, if we were grading up, uh, if, if we had cut down too far. Cutting can also get rid of some markings that you might need in the future, too. So I just would highly recommend tracing your patterns. I just, I just can't say it enough. But if you choose to defy me, it's okay. I'll still love you anyway. It's fine. It's <laughs> now, uh, types of tracing paper. This is what we sell here. This is um, medical tracing paper, and it's 225 inches. So um, that is a lot of inches, and <laughs> it is 22 inches wide. Let me see here. And this is going to last you a really, really long time. It lasts us a long time, okay? It lasts us through customers using this tracing paper. It does not, um, it, it just, you might have this the rest of your life. I don't know, <laughs> depending on how much tracing you do. Now, it is sort of thin. And when we're tracing patterns and storing patterns, we always have a little bit of a conundrum. Do we want something really stiff and stable that's easy to lay out on our fabric? Or do we want something that's going to be easy to store, right? So it's always, you know, 
a little bit of a trade-off, right? So when I have traced my medical tracing paper pieces, okay, I then fold them up and put them into a plastic bag like this. Okay, this size of plastic bag. And I kind of, I call it a pattern bag, and I, I can't remember how big they are. I, I would have to measure them. Um, <laughs> so I'll put them in a bag like this. I'll label it with a permanent marker, okay? And um, that's what I do with my patterns that I've traced out on medical tracing paper. Now, if you are making a ton of garments, if you are mass-producing garments, and Callie... I know if she's still watching, she is a fashion designer, and I've seen some of her work on her Instagram, and it's beautimous. You know, if you go to, like, a fashion design school, you'll see these pattern blocks they have, and they're made out of something very heavy, okay? Like, almost cardboard, all right? So if you have a pattern that you're using all the frickin' time, you can do it out of something really stiff that you're going to have um, for a very long time. Um, but a lot of us are... Uh, we have an eye toward our bodies changing, okay? That's that's why a lot of us, you know, so, right? Because you gain weight, you lose weight, you have a baby, you're, you know, you're breastfeeding and you're, or whatever, or you uh, start lifting all the weights, okay? And your arms get real big, okay? So that's why a lot of us sew. Um, and then a lot of you are sharing your fabric or your pattern storage um, options, and I love to hear them all. Some people are saying uh, a clear page protectors. Some people are saying big gallon Ziploc bags. Whatever works for you. You can put, then put them in a filing cabinet. You can hang them up. Whatever you like. Uh, that that all, I'm a little I'm, I'm a little more flexible in my views. But with the tracing, you know, I just really think you should trace. Some people like to use freezer paper. Sure. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, if you, if you really like it, you know, go for it. But I... I would say my the techniques that I talk about here, their main goals are preserving the original pattern for future use in case my size changes, in case I make it for someone else, or, you know, and if I want to save time and I make my muslin out of whatever size I have chosen or sizes that I have graded between and it doesn't work, I still have my pattern to work with. Now, printing out PDF patterns, a lot of people have been talking about going to Staples. That's a, I mean, I don't know if Staples is in Australia or Canada, but going to some kind of big office supply store and getting like engineering prints printed. And it hasn't, um, it hasn't sounded very expensive. It's been like $10 or $8 or something like that. So, I mean, that's great. You know, I, I, I'm all for cheap printouts, but beyond the, the cheap printouts, is the time saving, all right? And I, like I said, I know it can seem like tracing a pattern is another time-consuming process that you will have to go through in order to sew, but I think it is totally worth it. I really do. And I've made a lot of garments. Mom has made a lot of garments. Mom never uh, cuts in to a multi-size pattern uh, if she is using any elements of that pattern or has used it. Now, she does draft a lot of her own patterns. And, you know, she... Mom made a lot of costumes for show choir uh, when my sisters were in high school and I was in high school. And when she did that, she would take 
she would like take a measurement survey each time she'd measure everybody in show choir, you know, every girl, every boy, take, you know, kind of a survey of the measurements. And then she'd make her own small, medium, large, extra large, you know, extra small garments, extra small patterns or whatever, make those up and then, you know, fit them on people and do any necessary alterations. So she may have used something a little thicker Possibly if she was going to be cutting out, you know, like 40 of something or something like that. So it is – it's definitely a – you know, the materials, we, we sell these materials. But if there's something else you're using, great. Now, somebody asked about gridded tracing paper. I'm not a huge fan of the gridded stuff, you know. Um, not, not that it's bad, but the grid doesn't seem to help me a ton now, I know this might seem a little counterintuitive for those of you who have purchased the EZT class. Because in the EZT class, I trace out my pattern onto this medical tracing paper, and I have my cutting mat grid under me. And that's nice because the cutting mat grid actually has numbers on it, you know. So I know if I need to go down... Uh, if I need to go down, you know, 10 inches or, you know, 20 inches or something like that... Uh, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy having that grid, all right? But when you are working with the gridded tracing paper, it just doesn't seem to help me as much. I still want that other grid under me. For me personally, I still have to count or measure. So, eh, it's fine. Um, but if it's like a ton more expensive or something like that, I wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, the grid makes my life easier. I also, for tracing patterns, really like the medical tracing paper versus the fabric-like Swedish tracing paper. Now, I know a lot of people do tissue fitting and that the Swedish tracing paper can be useful for that. And so if you enjoy the, the Swedish tracing paper for tissue fitting, I don't think that it's like a bad idea or anything, but just for tracing out my patterns, there you go. Um, and Janelle asked about if a, a pattern isn't a multi-size pattern, if it if it's like, hey, print out the size 8, and you just print out the size 8. Or there are patterns that come like that too. They, You're only buying one size. So if you're doing that, it does make it a little more difficult to grade. Um, and then Kim says that she prints out one to three sizes around her size just in case she needs to grade. I mean, if it's like that, you just – you. The, the point of preserving the pattern isn't quite as important, right? Because if you cut it out, you're not cutting off any information. You're not, you're not losing any information. But if you do have the option or if your pattern designer has nested it like this, like Heather has, and I think holding this up is a really great way for you to see this. And she says this. She says this in her pattern. She says, these pattern pieces are printed in such a way that they are nested for grading, okay? So... Thanks a lot, Heather. Okay. Uh, that, that you know, these are put together in this fashion for a reason. So that you can, you know, grade from a 10 to a 12. And, you know, you can't, you can't be mad at a pattern designer if you have to grade between sizes. Because there's just no possible way that they could 
design a pattern that would just right off the bat fit every one. Because you know you've seen people who are pretty straight up and down, like me. I don't have a big difference between my waist and my hips. And then you've seen people who are like looking more Jessica Rabbit with themselves, you know, and they have the really tiny waist in comparison to the larger hips or the larger bum or the thighs. And so, of course, grading is going to happen, okay? So... I like it when they print the multiple sizes like this. I'm always looking for stuff like this. I this is this is what I want to have, you know. And Lauren says our bodies aren't only one size. That's a really great way to put it. You know, just the way that sizes, you know, have been developed over the years. We don't always fit into one you know, one what do I want to say in into one size, into one number, a size 8. Because honestly, what's a little random is the sizes that people have chosen, well, that the industry has chosen, okay? Um, you know, it's done based on some sizing surveys, based on some aesthetic preferences of, you know, fashion designers, etc. So don't, don't be surprised if you need to grade. Don't be surprised or upset or mad at a pattern maker or something like that, uh, if your measurements end up needing some grading. But we always do this grading based on information. Sometimes I see people say, you know, I know that I have a big bust, so I have to do a full bust adjustment. That's not always true, okay? Just because you normally have a big bust or you have that, like, uh, idea about yourself in your head, I don't want to say you're wrong about your body, but here's the deal. If you are wearing a size, you know, G or H bra, okay, that sort of objectively could be called a larger bust, okay? That's a, that's a pretty big cup size. But here's the deal. Full bust adjustments are often made when the bust is very large in proportion to the rest of the body. So if you are wearing that very large cup size and your bust measurement corresponds to, say, one of the larger sizes on the spectrum, you know, maybe it's closer to like a 20 or something like that. But if your waist is like also a 20, then you might be fitting right into that pattern just fine, even though, yes, you wear a very large cup size, okay? But if you're wearing a that G or, you know, even, you know, the D or whatever, you know, cup size, and you have a waist that is fitting into a much smaller size on the sizing chart on the pattern, okay, then yes, you might need a full bust adjustment. But just be, just be careful. I feel like sometimes people jump to that full bust adjustment when they don't need to I know that I don't have a full bust. I'm very aware, okay, uh, that, that I don't have a big bust and I don't have those problems, you know, to deal with personally in terms of cup size. But we all have our own fitting issues to deal with. And don't, don't jump to that conclusion. I, I feel like full bust adjustment has gotten a little, like, trendy, you know. It's not it's, – it's sort of like people have problems fitting their boobs, which is totally uh, relevant, like, Absolutely. But then they think the full bust adjustment is going to fix it all. But really, you might just be better off going up to a bigger size altogether, possibly, depending on your measurements, of course. So just keep it in mind. We always want to work on with information, okay, versus just assuming that we need that uh, larger bust adjustment. And then Julianne asks, buy fabric for the largest size, right? Yes. Um, you know, so if you that's always to be safe. I'm, I like to be really safe about things. I, 
if I already have fabric at home that I'm trying to use, I might try to skimp and and position, et cetera, et cetera. But if I'm buying fabric for something and it says I need two and a half yards, I get three. You know, um, I barely buy less than three yards of fabric in the first place because I want to have enough to make something substantial with it. You know, I want to have enough to make a pair of pants or a dress or something like that. Oh, good morning to Lisa. Lisa says she's tuning in from California. All right, so that's me imploring you to trace your patterns, okay? I just need you to um, consider it as you go forward. But if you want to get my goat like Lonnie did, then you can just um, post your pictures of you just cutting up your patterns and, and not tracing at all, okay? Uh, <laughs> and Noah says he's sneaking in for a quick moment, and it's good to see you all. I hope that you will consider tracing your patterns. If you didn't get to watch the whole broadcast, go back. I give sewing advice like I would give to a friend, okay? Not like uh, maybe, you know, you might hear on a on a sewing show. I, I tell you like it is. Like I would want someone to tell me so that I could be successful. Okay. Anyway, I hope you all get something sewn today. And I look forward to seeing you all again on Wednesday and Thursday. And you all have a great day. If you're having trouble with your boobs and your belly and your thighs and your arms and ready-made clothing has lost its charms, join the group and listen to the cast about making clothes that fit and last. Sell 